Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Front Range. My name is Johnny. I'm one of our pastors here. So glad to be with you this morning, whether you're here in person in the room, you're in the courtyard, or you're watching online. We're glad that you're with us. And if you're new at Front Range, we hope that this place will become a home for you, where you can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. And I want to let you guys know, Pastor Ernest, our lead pastor, has been on a study break for a couple weeks. He's going to join us next Sunday. He's very excited to be back and close out this series uh, that we've been in. So if If you're new at Front Range, you have no idea who Pastor Ernest is. You get to meet our lead pastor next week. So join us next Sunday, and uh, we'll have a good time. Also want to let you know, uh, if you're here in person, you may have seen there's two tables out in the the courtyard here today. Uh, And one of them is for our women's ministry. One's for our men's ministry. They both have huge events coming up uh, in the next couple of months. Our women's ministry has a conference happening in September. Uh, They're going to be over in Parker on a Friday night and Saturday, and our men's ministry has a retreat coming up at the end of August. We're going to go down to Florissant, down, down, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, down in, uh, go down to Colorado Springs, and we'll shoot up into the mountains and get way, way, way out of civilization and have a really, really good time. Um, You guys are going to want to check those out. If you have not been on our men's retreat or been involved with our women's ministry, stop by those tables and get information, get signed up. Prices are increasing on those events soon, so don't miss out on the lower prices right now. Stop by those tables, and we'll give you all the information that you need. Uh, And if you're online, if you want information about that stuff, just fill out a Connect card, and we will get you that. We'll send that to you in an email. Now, today, we are continuing our series called This is the Kingdom, where we are looking at one of the most famous sermons ever preached by this guy named Jesus, um, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's in uh, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and Jesus is showing us what it looks like to be his followers, to be his disciples, to be parts of the kingdom of God where we are God's people under God's rule in God's place. And today what we're going to look at is a, a section where Jesus talks about a topic that I believe every single human being has dealt with and will deal with. Every one of us deals with this topic that Jesus talks about today. It is kind of simmering under the surface of our culture. It's in the back of our minds. Usually it affects our relationships with God and other people. It affects our decision-making. And that topic that we're looking at today is worry. Now, I will confess that I am a worrier. I am a worst-case scenario thinker. So what we're talking about today is very applicable to me. It's very convicting for me, and it reminds me how much I worry. Um, I, I, can, I can tell you every scenario, every situation, I can tell you how it will go wrong, and not just wrong, horribly wrong. Like, things will be on fire in my mind. I can tell you how it will go terrible. Uh, this usually happens with my family and with my kids, Uh, I'm always thinking about how the kids could get hurt, how something terrible could happen. My mind is really broken is what I'm telling you. Um, Like just the other day, I was leaving for work and I backed out of the garage and I I was pulling out into the street. And as I passed by the front of the house, I saw that the kids had uh, left a stick in the ground. It was just sticking straight up right by the front door. And I literally pulled off pulled out my phone, texted my wife and was like, hey, just so you know, there's a stick by the front door. If you guys go out in the front yard, just know that it's there. Now, I could very clearly tell you what was going through my head and what would have been wrong if they didn't know that the stick was there. I could clearly see the injuries, the loss, the the things that would happen. You know where I'm going with some of this. But my mind always goes to worst case scenario and worry. And I I often will lie awake at night worrying about things. This is a seasonal thing for me. It's not every night. But sometimes I'll go through like a week where I'm just like up in the middle of the night, usually 3 3 a.m. If you guys want to like text me, we'll play video. 
video games or something, I don't know. But like I'm sitting there thinking about work situations, conversations I need to have, things I need to do around the house. I'm worrying about the fact that I'm worrying and I'm keeping myself awake and I'm thinking about how much sleep I'm not getting and how I'm gonna be a mess the next day. I'm a mess is what I'm saying, right? But I think that it, even if you're not as bad as I am, I think we all worry sometimes. In fact, worry and anxiety are rising in our culture. And psychologists, sociologists are, are calling the age that we live in the age of anxiety. I mean, just think about all of the things that we deal with as a culture uh, that, that are going on around us, that we are having to try to process and work through the political polarization, a global pandemic, violence, mental illness. Has anyone tried to get on a flight recently? Can I get an amen on the worry and the stress about trying to fly this summer? I'm, I'm about to break out in a rash thinking about putting my kids on another flight and trying to travel. This stuff is a mess, but it's, it's happening all around us, and it's not... Um, it, it's not isolated. Many of us deal with worries and fears and anxieties, and that's why I'm so thankful that Jesus talks about it and that he gives us a framework to process our worry and to think about how to approach it in the kingdom of God. And if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. We'll be looking there. But I want to clarify what we're not going to talk about today. Now, worry and anxiety can be different, okay? We're gonna focus on worry, which is um, thinking about a future outcome and usually things that we can't control and having fear around what could happen. Anxiety has a lot of factors, a lot of causes, and a lot of symptoms. Anxiety attacks, panic attacks, things like that. We're not gonna dig into that today. But I do want you to know, if you struggle with anxiety, if you've had anxiety attacks, we wanna help you. We wanna be a resource for you as a church. We want this to be a safe place for you to wrestle with that, to just be who you are. Um, and I, I'm going to send some resources out. I'll talk more about this in a few minutes, but I'm going to send some resources out to our whole church um, later this week related to this message. In those resources, I'm going to include some counseling uh, centers that are in our community that we trust and we work with. If you deal with anxiety and you struggle and you've not uh, seen a counselor or talked to someone about that, we would love to help you with that and just resource you. But I also want you to know that we're not going to dig super deep into that particular specific instance today. We're going to focus on worry and something that I think we all deal with from time to time. Whether you do worry like I do and you're, you, you sound like a basket case when you talk about it, or you just have some minor worries, or you do struggle with the deeper anxiety issues, I hope that today will, be, will bring you peace and will bring you some hope as we dig into scripture and see what God has to say about these things. So as I said, if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter six. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. If you're here in person, you can stop by our Blue Connections tent out in the courtyard and we'll give you one. If you're online, again, just fill out the connect card. Let us know what you need. I will send you a Bible. I want you to have one. Uh, but if you don't have one with you today, we'll have the scripture on the screen. Um, our verses, we're gonna start in verse 25. The verse starts with the word therefore. When you're reading the Bible and you see therefore, you need to ask what it's there for. And that's my nerdy Bible joke for the day. Uh, you're welcome. But seriously, right before this, Jesus is talking about possessions and money and how we need to store up our treasure in heaven and not store it here on earth where it will fade and, 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 and go away. And he's trying to focus our attention on God and eternity and the kingdom because when our attention is focused on possessions and money and, and things of the earth, it can cause some problems like 
worry. So we pick up right after Jesus says this, and he says in verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Okay, Jesus, get out of my business here and leave me alone with this gut check about worry. Can any of us add a single hour to our lives by worrying? I read that and I'm like, man... Come on. I feel like it does. I feel like worrying sometimes helps, and I'm wrong. Like, deep down, sometimes I think if I just think about a situation long enough, if I just worry about what could happen, what might happen, the worst-case scenario, somehow that's going to, like, make a solution happen, and yet it's not true and it's not helpful. And this is one of the things that we have to be honest about when we're dealing with our worry is that it's not going to help. And we have to admit that worry adds nothing. This is the first thing we have to do if we're going to deal with our worry as followers of Jesus is to admit that it adds nothing. It brings us no hope, no solutions, no peace. This is not the only thing we need to do with worry, but it's step one of looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, I have to stop worrying about this because it's not going to help. It's us living in a world that doesn't exist and for the most part won't exist. We often worry about things that never happen the way that we think about. It's living in a fantasy world. I wanted to illustrate this by talking about some, some VR. You guys got VR goggles? Anybody got some of these? Now, my friend Noah let me borrow some of these and let me take my glasses off and put these things on and get you guys some good social media pictures, right? So, if you've ever seen, you guys ever seen those funny videos where people are like riding a roller coaster or they're like stepping off a cliff and they, you know, it's hilarious because they fall into a table or something like that. Like, there's nothing wrong with VR and like riding a roller coaster in VR. I've done it. It's awesome. But the problem is, and I can see you, by the way, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, the problem is it's not real. Like, there, there is a difference in riding a roller coaster in VR and a difference in riding a real-life roller coaster where the wind is in your hair and you can feel that feeling in your stomach when you go over the hill, there is, just, there is a big difference in fantasy and real life. And often what we do with our worry is we create this scenario in our head that's a fantasy, that's never going to happen the way that we think it's going to happen, and we feel like it's going to help if we just live in that fantasy world. If we just stay there long enough, if we think about it long enough, if we worry about it long enough, and we, we deal with the fear, it's going to help us somehow, and it's not reality. It's not real life, and it's not going to do anything for us. Did you guys get your, your pictures for Instagram and Facebook? I hope so. Good. Did you take one? My wife took one. That's great. <laughs> we have to learn to live in reality. We have to learn to put off the fantasy and live in the real world and put the worry aside because Jesus says it's not going to add a single hour to our lives by worrying. He continues in verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? He, there's a very real concern for the, the people who would have heard him preaching this sermon during, the, during that time. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. They don't have to work 
to be flowers. They don't have to have physical outward effort. Can you imagine if we heard plants and trees and flowers working out? Like if you were walking by a tree and you heard it like doing squats or something, like how freaky would that be if we, if we could hear plants having to labor or spin to look, that the, look the way they do? Now, many of us, our lawns, if we could hear them, they'd be screaming right now because of drought conditions and things like that. I'm thankful that we can't hear them. And Jesus reminds us, these flowers that you see, these beautiful flowers, they don't have to work to be beautiful. God created them that way, and all they have to do is just be, to just soak up the sunlight and the water and just be what they are, and he will clothe them. He says in verse 29, I tell you that not even Solomon, King Solomon, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus is reminding us of our value to God. He's reminding us that he cares for us more than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. If he takes care of them, he will take care of us. Don't miss that, that little phrase at the end there when he says, you of little faith. I think Sometimes when we read Jesus saying something like that, we feel like it's an accusation. We feel like maybe there's a tone where he's disappointed in us or something like that. And that's not the case at all. What he's saying here in the original Greek that this was written in is not that you have no faith, but that the faith you have is ineffective. And his tone is one of concern and care. Jesus wants us to trust him. He looks at us and says, your faith is not helping you here, and I want it to help you. I want you to trust me. I want you to believe that I care for you and that I'm going to take care for you. You have little faith. Let's help your faith grow and be effective in this area. He's, tr he's calling us to a greater understanding of who he is and how he cares for us. He's reminding us of who our Father in heaven is, that he cares for creation. He created it and he continues to care for the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, and we are more valuable to him than those things are, and he will care for us. The challenge for us in our worry and our fears and our anxieties is to trust that God is at work, to trust that God is at work in our lives. One of the things that happens to me when I get caught up in my worry is that I, I tend to isolate myself or I tend to feel like I'm the only one who can do anything about this situation. I'll hear myself say, maybe to my wife or someone else, like, I don't know what to do about this. I feel like I just have to fill in the blank. And usually filling in the blank is more work, more effort, more stress, and I start to spin my wheels with effort to find a problem and, and deal with this and, and, and deal with the problem and find a solution. But what I often miss or ignore when I'm doing that and I'm off by myself is I miss God's presence, God's real, daily, moment-by-moment -moment presence in my life. I know I know and I believe in my head and my heart. I know that God loves me, that he cares for me, that he sent Jesus to die for me. I believe that, and yet I often live as if I don't. I, believe, I have the beliefs of a Christian, and I live my life like an atheist, like God's not there. Because I'm off on my own worrying and spinning my wheels and trying to find a solution. What it really is is that I like control, and I feel like I can't give up that control. 
that if, 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 if I can just be in control of my situation, I can fix it. If I could just think up the right solution, if I could come up with the right thing, and, and I could just be, a, be in control of the world, I can just make everything the way I want it to be and everything would go right. And how many of us control freaks uh, are, are still learning that we're not in control, right? And so what I have to do in my worry is remember that God is real and that he's at work and that he's present with us. And he proved it. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sins. While we were dead in our sins, it says in Romans chapter 5, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God knew our need for salvation. He knew that we needed the price to be paid for our sins, and he sent Jesus to take care of our need for salvation. He was at work on that solution before we, know, we knew we needed it. And he's at work in our daily lives as well. We can trust that he cares for us because he's shown us evidence that he cares. And that evidence is Jesus. We don't often think about the work that God is doing behind the scenes, but I promise you he's at work on a solution before we ever even know there's a problem. The worries, the fears that we have in our lives, the things that concern us, they concern him too. He cares for you. He cares for what's happening in your daily life. He cares about your family, your work, your finances, your mental health. He cares, and he is at work in your life. Jesus continues in verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And then these next verses. This is the antidote for worry. It's the action step that can actually bring us the peace and the hope that we long for. Jesus says, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What I think is interesting when you read these verses is that Jesus assumes that there is a priority list in our lives because he tells us what should be at the top of it. He knows we are going to put all sorts of things in the order of our hearts, the things that we're seeking. He knows all of the things that we deal with, and he knows that we are going to have a list. We're going to have things that we're giving our attention and our focus to. So he comes right into the middle of that and says, this should be at the top. Seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. He knows us. He lived as one of us. He knows our fears and our anxieties. He knows what we deal with because he lived as one of us. And he knows that our challenge, the ultimate challenge of our lives for many of us, is to choose to seek him first. To seek him first. Think of all the ways that we try to find the peace that we long for. More money, more status, more stuff, more vacations, more experiences. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those, and Jesus didn't either. But what he's saying is that there is, there is something that we can seek that will give us what we're longing for, and it's not that. It's not those things. He says to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, to seek his rule over your life, to seek the presence of the king of the kingdom, and to seek to live in the way that he calls us to live. Seek that first, and then what? These things will be given to you as well. Everything else will fall in line if we get our priority list right. When we seek the kingdom, we're searching for the king. 
He is our ultimate goal and the focus of our attention. He is the one who brings us life, joy, hope, peace. Because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into the hearts of every believer, there is a real experience of the presence of God in our lives. The Holy Spirit lives and works within each and every one of us when we give our lives to him and choose to follow him. God is with us every moment of every day. Now, you may not live like that every single day, and I don't either. And that is our challenge. That is the thing that we have to figure out every day of our lives is how we seek him first, how we seek to be in his presence, to be a part of what he's doing. This is the power that can bring the comfort in our fears and our worries. He is here with us. We can be with him every day. Now, I'm a logical person, so you tell me that, and I go, great, how? What do I do? What's the blueprint? What's the A plus B equals C? If you've been in church a while, I'm not going to blow your mind with this. Scripture and prayer. Scripture and prayer is the start of how we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. There is no substitute. Studies have been done over and over and over over the last 40, 50 years to figure out how we grow as followers of Jesus, how we become more like him, how we find the peace that we long for, and every single time at the top of the list, scripture and prayer. Now, you may be a, a follower of Jesus and you may have your quiet time in the morning, uh, a time where you read scripture and you spend time in prayer, and that's awesome. A quiet time's not enough. A quiet time in the morning's not enough. What I'm talking about, seeking his kingdom first, is an all-day, everyday, where our focus and our attention is aimed all day long. Because again, we can have our quiet time in the morning, our 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes, whatever it is for you, and then live the rest of the day as if God doesn't exist. What I'm talking about is rhythms, practices, techniques, things that we need to integrate into our lives that can help us be in God's presence all day, every day, where we can have our time with him in the morning. And if you don't, I highly encourage, start there. And then maybe at lunch, maybe you've had a couple meetings in the morning if you're at work or what, watching the kids at home, whatever. Maybe at lunchtime, you just take a couple minutes and again, scripture, prayer, spend some time in silence and solitude if you can. Spend a couple minutes just backing away from what's happening in the day and resting in God's presence. And then later in the evening, before you go to bed, maybe you want to spend more time in prayer and scripture. I've been using an app, which again, I'll, I'll send uh, some of this stuff in an email later. I've been using an app that has morning devotionals and evening devotionals. Um, and I let, I, 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 I listen to it because the people doing it have cool accents. So I let like this Irish lady read scripture to me. It's really cool. Um, and so I, in the evening it has been particularly helpful for me because again, I have my time in the morning, but usually I'll just go through the rest of the day and I fall into bed at night and I'm like, Man, what happened today? Today was crazy. But this, this app and this practice has been helping me reset right before bed. And one of my favorite things about it is that it, it, it reminds me um, to think back through the day and, and look at the highs and the lows. Where was God present? Where was God trying to show me something? What was he trying to say? And where did I mess up today? What, what were the sins that I committed that I need to confess 
and ask for forgiveness for, get my heart clean, get things right between me and God, receive the forgiveness that Jesus paid for, and then wake up the next morning knowing that God's mercies are new every day and that he's with me. This is the kind of stuff, these are just examples of the kinds of stuff that I'm talking about where we reorient the way that we live and our focus and our attention and the rhythms that we live our days with and focus it on his kingdom and his righteousness. And again, I'm going to send an email this week with uh, some books, this app I'm talking about, some other recommendations and resources. If you're like me and you, you want some stuff, I'll send that to you. But right now, in this moment, I don't want it to be about the practices. I don't want it to be about what can I do? Because I don't want to burden you with doing more things. That's not what this is about. Yes, there are some things that we can add into our lives. But if you're a worrier and you have anxiety and you have some fears around stuff, adding a burden to your shoulders is not going to help. So please don't hear me talking about more than a quiet time as if it's some burden that you need to receive. There is nothing less burdensome than spending time in God's presence, which is what I want the focus to be right now. He's here with us right now. We came to worship him together, and he's here. And so we'll get to what we can do. We'll get to the changes we can make in our lives. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff, and I'll send that to you. But right now in this moment, I want our focus to be on him. Close your eyes for a minute. We'll just, we'll just kind of move right into prayer before our response time. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we just come before you. We know that you're here. We may not always feel it. We may not have a, an emotion or, or a feeling, God, but I know and believe and trust that you are present with us. Holy Spirit, you are here. And so, God, we just want to sit in this moment come before you and in our hearts kneel before you. And God, I pray that as we're, as we're here in your presence that you would surface the worries that we have. Maybe we've buried them, we've stuffed them down because it's, it's easier to do that than to deal with them. Um, and I, I get that. I do it all the time. But right now, God, I pray that you would bring those things to the surface so that we could offer them to you. So that we could begin to trust you as we're in this moment before the Lord, I want to read something that Jesus said. And it's not just something he said and was written down for the people who heard him say it originally. This is for you right now in this moment. This is what Jesus says to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Father, we thank you that you offer us rest, not just for our bodies or our minds, rest for our souls. We thank you that your burden is light, that your yoke is easy, that when we come to you and receive your invitation, you're not adding heavy stones to our bags. You're not putting more weight on our shoulders. You're taking it off. That you can receive our cares and our concerns. And I pray, Lord, that in this moment, for every single person in here, God, that we would have a sense of your presence 
and your care for us, that we would truly learn to believe and trust how much you care for us, so much that you sent your son to die for us. Maybe you're in the room today and you're new to church and you're new to this whole thing and you came with burdens on your heart this morning. Maybe you are seeking peace and hope and that hope, I promise you, can be found in Jesus. And as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you this morning, and maybe you want to choose to follow Jesus. You want to say, you know what, I want to, I want to try. I want to try to do what we're talking about and learn to follow him, give my life to him. Maybe for the first time, maybe you made a commitment years ago and life has gotten in the way. And you've gone a different way, you've tried things on your own, and now you're back. And I know that God would say, welcome home. If that's you this morning and you want to make a commitment, I'm not going to ask you to come up or any of that. If you want to make a commitment to follow Jesus this morning, just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. God, we give our lives to you. We offer them as a sacrifice. Lord, teach us to seek your kingdom, to seek your righteousness, to learn from you, to give our burdens to you. Lord, we thank you for your salvation for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We trust you to save us. And in Jesus' name, we all pray today, God. Amen.